This is a dill pickle, a mighty pretty pickle, especially when he joins you at the show. We have lots of pretty pickles waiting for you at the refreshment center. They're plump, tender, mouth-watering. Wouldn't one taste good right now? Hello. Welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews in affiliation with the She-Hulk podcast entitled She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law. This is a special episode of both podcasts uh, because of a, a thing we did, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But uh, who we are, so I am Philip from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A. and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, my friend? It's going well. How are you? Excellent. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. And and the state of New York. Hi, this is Mike. Mike, how's it going? I'm fine, Phil. How are you? Good, good. And oh, and welcome back to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, Mike. Uh, it's and, good to be here. Yes, yes. And, looks, looks, and you know what? It looks just like my couch. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Uh, and in the province of Alberta, Canada. Hey, it's Sean, and hope everyone's doing well. Sean, how's it going, sir? Uh, not too bad. Just keeping busy. <laughs> Indeed. And in the state of Missouri. Hi, this is Kevin, and I'm just relaxing. Right, right. Yeah. So we had an interesting topic off. Of, uh, <laughs> and so I'm not really my, my stress. Yeah, my stress level is now like insane. So uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'll, I'll watch some House of the Dragon after this and, and be. Nice and calm and relaxed after whatever. <laughs> oh, uh, rape and murder. Yo, yo, uh, yeah. Yeah, now I feel better. I got to go kill somebody. <laughs> kill it with fire. Who? Okay. I, just, I just started gray, the gray man before uh, we start before we started this. So, uh, yeah, so that that's kind of a it, adrenaline rush, too. It's a fun one. It's it's the cat and mouse where you're rooting, you're rooting for the mouse. But maybe, maybe I'll go see Terrifier 2 tonight instead of on Tuesday. But anyway, uh, so who are we? Uh, Basically, we are a podcast that talks about all sorts of things. So uh, sci-fi, horror, thrills, techno thrills, mystery, grindhouse, art house, and various other things. But we also are uh, recording this as part of the the She-Hulk Attorney, or I should say Avenger of the Law podcast because of uh, uh, the relationship to uh, the Marvel Universe. Um, So it's a joint podcast between the two podcasts and your co-hosts on both podcasts are basically the same um also uh you can find us at dark discussions at aol.com as the email so just email us there and we will read your email on the podcast and then also uh you can email us by going to www.darkdiscussions.com and that's the website for all our podcasts and in the menu, there's a link called Contact Us, and it will uh, open up an email box, and you can email us that way as well. Uh, also, uh, Sean, what else can people find on uh, darkdiscussions.com, the website? Uh, well, if you go on the website, you can go and see the Patreon button and click the link and go to Patreon. And it's a way that people who are, for instance, listening to the podcast can support the podcast by making donations. So, of course, any amount you can donate is much appreciated because 
the podcast is free for everyone to listen to, but there are actual costs behind the scenes. So anything you can donate is appreciated. Uh, however, if you do $5 a month, uh, for every $5 a month, you get to pick a movie, which will then go into a draw every quarter. And if it gets picked, then you get to have a, a review, do a review of it done either on Dark Discussion's main feed or one of the sister podcasts. And Indeed. I'll learn to speak better someday. <laughs> well, what do you expect from you Canadians? Anyway. That's hey. <laughs> fired. Well, well, wait a minute. I have to say sorry, don't I? Oh, sorry. No, it's sorry. Mm, I guess. No do to boot it. <laughs> no do to boot it. A boot, yeah. Hey. All right. Anyway. Nothing um, happened. And so, for our Canadian listeners, we are only kidding. No, we well, have, absolutely, absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm um, kidding. I don't know about you. I, I okay. I fair enough. I, well, I'm on the record. I ain't kidding, and that's the reason why my family got the hell out of that country. Anyway, um, <laughs> your head's still floppy bit, too. Uh, Ron Swanson. You know, I think it was a revolution, and they were running from it. Hey, I, hey, I'm I'm half half Canadian as a result, so I can insult my Canadian ancestors. So. Uh, and, and, and to be honest, I call it the home country, or oh, the old country, actually, the old country. Yeah, so Canada is the old country to to my family. Anyway, um, anyway. so let's get anyway. Let's get into our few other things. Uh, today is October twenty third, twenty twenty two. Happy Mole Day. Okay, uh, we, we're recording this episode uh, for some of our listeners who are always curious, like Pam. Who uh, is curious when uh, some of these episodes are released? Because sometimes they aren't released right away, such as the usual Halloween boutique psychotronic review uh, podcast. However, since this is uh, jointly with the She-Hulk podcast because of the subject matter, um, this one will probably be released probably tomorrow, October twenty fourth, twenty twenty two. Now, uh, the reason we're we're extending uh, this uh, episode in the universe is. Uh, because of uh, the topic and uh, Mike, what, what, what is this topic and why are we doing it as part of a joint uh, podcast with Halloween Boutique and She-Hulk? Well, this being the spooky season, uh, Marvel has Disney slash Marvel uh, has released as a one hour ish special on Disney plus uh, werewolf by night inspired by the old seventies Marvel horror comic. That's right. That's right. And so since we were doing a, a Marvel television series on uh, She-Hulk, Avenger of the Law, the podcast, which uh, we just wrapped up since the season just ended, uh, for the folks who are curious that listen to the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast uh, that didn't know, there is another podcast that we just did. So you can go back and listen to those uh, nine episodes of that podcast, the She-Hulk podcast. And this this here, uh, yeah, it's a one-shot uh, part of the Marvel Universe, and since it's only one shot, we decided to add it right to the end of the She-Hulk podcast, but also here, um, because uh, on the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, because as we do on the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast, uh, Barrett, what what are all the weird things we do on this podcast? Because it's, it's kind of, what, what the go-all podcast for the network? Yeah, we watch all sorts of different things, a lot of different genres. Uh, we have a monthly thing we do in June for LGBTQ month. Um, and we do uh, more interviews, I think, on this channel than on Dark Discussions. And 
all sorts of different things. Uh, we recently did an interview, and we're going to be doing the movie that goes with that interview soon, and we'll get those out there. Um, but yeah, pretty much anything goes. Indeed, indeed. And so uh, that's why uh, we're doing it here, uh, because uh, it's only like a 50-minute, maybe even less after the credits, uh, one-shot special by Marvel. And uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is a perfect place to uh, present it as an episode, along with the She-Hulk podcast, too, since we have all you listeners uh, listening to She-Hulk as part of the Marvel Universe. Uh, so before we begin, uh, let's listen to the trailer. This Halloween, you can't escape the shock, the terror of Werewolf by Night. Tonight, it is every hunter for themselves. Good luck. I'll be rotting for you. But one of you is a monster. Masquerading as one of our own. I can't wait to find out what breed of evil you are. So uh, that's pretty much that. So I guess we can get into uh, how we heard about this and uh, what we thought about it and things of that nature. Um, so uh, let's start with you, Sean. Uh, where, where did you hear about this and what did you think of this interesting show? And then we'll get into what it's supposed to be and 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 why it is what it is. And, you know, I'm sure, Mike, you, you'll have some information on that for us. But uh Go on, Sean. Your, uh, your so, thoughts and how you heard about it. Uh, the first time I heard about it was the D3 or D23 that, uh, thing that they had. And it was. What, what, what is that? I'm, I'm completely so it's like the clueless. Disney, it's like the Disney. Yeah, you know, like the, the how uh, San Diego has the Comic Con, right? And they have like different panels and kind of stuff, right? So this was like for Disney and Marvel. So it's like anything under the Disney umbrella. And so it's oh, releasing okay. all different shows and movies and stuff that are supposed to be upcoming. So is it a convention? Uh, yes. Okay. So uh, anyways, it's basically Marvel was releasing new series that are going to be coming out. Uh, there's the Secret Invasion and um, what was the other one? Anyways, one of the things was, that, was the one shot of Werewolf by Nights. And... Marvel really hasn't done too much towards horror at all. And it just, from the trailer, just looked very fun, like an ode to the old Universal films with the monsters. Um, and when I actually got to watch it, I was very happy because it pretty much was like an homage to that. 
along with other stuff, but I, I thought it was, and it was just a really fun watch. And being a one shot, I think it was at 50 minutes, something like that. Um, it wasn't like I was sitting there bored or like distracted. Like I personally, I would have liked to have more, but I'm sure that's what other multi, you know, one shots will be down the road. Or whatever. All right. Sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin. Yeah, I, I heard about this just because it was advertised on the Disney channel or, you know, advertised on Disney plus. And I thought, Oh, Hey, this looks interesting. And it's, I, I thought it was, I thought it was fun. It's yeah. It's obviously a, um, what you call it. It's, I mean, it's definitely an homage to, um, you know, like this, a little bit like the old Warner, uh, old Universal monsters and things like that, and um, yeah, it, I mean, it was. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. All right, sounds good. Um, yeah, for me, I, I didn't know anything about it until it came out on October seventh, and people were talking about it on uh, general um, uh, social media outlets. And so I, I didn't bother watching it until this morning. Uh, actually, it wasn't this morning. It was it was really this uh, around four or five o'clock today. Um, and uh, yeah, it's a uh, an interesting thing. Um, obviously, as as Kevin mentioned, it's it's trying to pretend that it, it's like the old Marvel or um, black and white horror films. Marvel. What did I say? Marvel. I mean Universal. Uh, old Universal movies or old horror movies from the 30s, uh, whether they were universal or not. Um, so so it has that atmosphere. The, the music and sound effects are pretty good, uh, specifically. Um, it, it definitely doesn't have a full feel to those shows once the, the, the story starts going, and you can tell that it's really more of a Marvel uh, thing, even if it is a period piece, uh, because of the action type of sequences that they have. Uh, it felt more superhero-y than gothic. Um, but the first part most certainly was. Um, now, uh, my my enjoyment, uh, I thought it was okay. And then when we see the twist, not the twist, but the reveal of who the, what we are supposed to think is the villain, uh, that really uh, made my day because that character that we will be talking about during the spoiler moments uh, was one of my top five comic books uh, or six comic books as a kid. Um, and I've mentioned them in the past on various podcasts. So like Devil Dinosaur, uh, the Marvel Godzilla series, She-Hulk, uh, the Fantastic Four, um, and uh, uh, there was another one too uh, that was I really liked. Um, oh, and, and then, uh, I can't remember it, but but the, the, for the fifth one, anyway, if not six, uh, was this creature here, or monster, or villain, or whatever you want to call him, was one of my top five uh, as a kid. Uh, so that made my day. Um, uh, otherwise, um, I just thought it was was a decent episode of a or a television show. It, not, it was nothing special to me, except that we are introduced to one of my uh, favorite characters as a kid. Uh, so yeah, uh, that's my feeling. Uh, let's go with you, uh, Barrett. Yeah, I really like this. It was a great homage to the old, uh, 
horror of the, like you said, the uh, 30s on up to the 60s. Um, just a really fun, fun show. It was not what I was expecting, and it was better than I expected. Um, I liked the black and white part of it with just like there was one flash of red until the end. Um, I thought the acting was really good, and the story was fun. So it gets a definite thumbs up from me. All right, sounds good. And let's go with you, Mike. Um, yeah, I mean, I had heard about it. I can't tell you when. I think it might have been two years ago where there were rumors that this was going to be a thing. And uh, and I remember if this was one of those things that got screwed up by the pandemic or, or, or announced during that. But it's I've, it, I know, I've known it's coming for a while. Uh, and so I was curious. And I heard some really bad early reviews, but I think it was because the, the, the footage that was shown, people weren't getting that it was intended to have a retro feel. And so they were just thinking it looked lame. It's like, nope, you're missing the point. Uh, and that, that seems to be have been borne out. I, I mean, I don't know how much I would say this is. Um, I mean, yeah, there's some universal to it. A little bit feels maybe hammerish. Uh, obviously, it's still a Marvel thing um, that's, it's, you know, it's got some action in it, but it's also got some gore assisted by the fact that they're in black and white, much as the, uh, was the House of the Fallen Leaves in, in Kill Bill, Volume 1, where they switched to black and white to get it around the censors because there was so much blood in that scene. Um, so, like, I don't think if you have a, unless you have a very, very, very young child, uh, I don't think this is something that would be inappropriate for most kids to watch. Um, I certainly like 10, 10, 10 years old should be able to handle this. No problem. Um, I'm not sure about six. Um, well, my, my six year old watched it with me and, uh, yep, she was fine. It's all good. So, all right. Um, but she's not scared of much. Anyway. So, and I liked it. I had fun with it. It's not the best thing ever. Um, it, it, I don't know that it could have sustained itself for another 30 minutes you know, to make it a theatrical release. Um, I liked the lead actress who, uh, name escapes me from the nevers. And, uh, I liked the, the, the lead actor. Um, and I'm with Phil. I, I was, I was pleasantly surprised at the, uh, the, the character who I, yeah, I can't see cameos. But, no, but it's it, a major character. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, I mean, it's a supporting role, but yeah, significant. Certainly, sig too significant to be a cameo. Um, and I'm really curious where they go with this because that does tie does actually go tie into other things. Um, I like that it was in black and white, except for one thing. Um, I like the music. It was this was directed by uh, Michael Giacchino, who, uh, if I was pronouncing his name correctly, who is uh, a, a composer of some renown. And uh, he was given the option to, to pick his project, and this is the one he picked. Uh, so he not only directed it and uh, and scored it, and I thought the score worked great. Yeah, the score was, was probably the best part of it, to be honest. And, and there was a lot of good stuff uh, related to the production values. Um, all right, so uh, that's our feelings to uh, of the, of the, the series or, or the show or the special, I guess that's what it's called. Um, does anybody have a Barrett? Do you have a wiki? Let's see. I'm or uh, sure IMDB. 
That's what I need to pull up. <laughs> I had Wiki pulled up, but I don't think there was a good thing there. So uh, give me just one second. All right. So while he's looking that up. All right. I've got oh, it. There we go. Yep. Uh, follows a lycanthrope superhero who fights evil using the abilities given to him by a curse brought on by his bloodline. All right. Um, doesn't tell too much because uh, there's a different setup, but uh, that goes into more detail. But uh, it's fine. That's fine, right? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little more detail than I think I would like. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, without specifics, but yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So, uh, what we do here on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, unlike the She-Hulk podcast, for folks who are listening to us through the She-Hulk podcast, uh, what we do here on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews is we not only review, but we critique and dissect uh, things on this, uh, I guess, special or movie or whatever you want to call it. Um, so unlike She-Hulk, where we're just assuming you're a follow of the show and you want to hear everything and anything right off the bat, here we talk a little bit non spoilery and then we throw up a spoiler alert and we'll talk about everything and anything uh related to this uh marvel one shot special uh but before then we can get into uh random stuff and random stuff usually means uh related to our reviews so you know the universal uh feel to it the uh, um combination of the superhero aspect with the the Mar- the universal to um, general stuff uh, that would not necessarily spoil uh, this to uh, folks who haven't seen it yet and don't want to uh, listen to the part of the podcast where we do actually spoil. Uh, so well, let's talk about this, um, Mike. You, I want to ask you because I know you're 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 stronger in um, the comic books than the rest of us. Um, what is werewolf by moonlight and i don't think i ever even heard of this until the show came out but we're assuming it's based off of a comic book and maybe it was from back when eerie and psycho and all those magazines were coming out with the horror vampirella and all that stuff so no the the horror Uh, comics was it marvel's version of that or, or what what is this the horror comics got banned in the 50s. You had Frederick Wortham publish Seduction of the Innocent, which was basically blamed all the, the troubles that they were having in the 1950s with crime and whatever, because you know what a hellscape the 1950s were, um, on boys reading comic books, using the genius logic of interviewing men in prison in the 1940s and 1950s, finding out that everyone in the prison read comic books when they were younger instead of I don't know what else young boys were supposed to be doing because they didn't have TV and they didn't have video games. And so he assumed that they were leading to their corruption. Now, at the time, true crime comics and horror comics were big and they were getting kind of graphic. And so they like created the Comics Code Authority, shut all of that down. By the time you get to the 70s, they, some of the restrictions started easing up. Um, but they also got around things like by, by Marvel called you couldn't use zombies. So they didn't have zombies and, but they had undead things called, it was like Zuvembis or something like that. They were all like just skirting the edges. Um, but horror comics made a bit of a comeback and you had things like uh, werewolf by night in Marvel. Um, 
as well as like uh, uh, Tomb of Dracula, Man Thing, Swamp Thing in DC. Uh, I Vampire, I think, was in DC. Um, so they were each kind of doing their 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 vampire things, but that was a, a, a fad that really didn't last much longer than a couple of years. Uh, and so the characters kind of sort of have gotten forgotten uh, with very few exceptions. It's like Swamp Thing being a really good example. Um, but that's mostly because of the Wes Craven movie and the Alan Moore comic book run. There you go. All right. Sounds cool. Um, so that's, that's a little history behind uh, Werewolf by Night. Because uh, back in the day when I was looking through comic books, I always went for um, the monster ones. So like Fantastic Four had the thing and that was kind of cool. And then, like I said, uh, Devil Dinosaur and like Marvel Godzilla. And there was a cameo in this here was uh, one of them as well. And then, of course, uh, a She-Hulk, Wonder Woman and some of the other general ones. Uh, but the monster ones, I'm surprised I didn't know about this one uh, because this would have been something I would have definitely gone after uh, when I was collecting comic books as a kid. Um all right, so anybody else want to talk about the general stuff related to this episode? Sean, what do you got? I know you always have some good stuff that um, I have to pull out because you, you you hang out in the back a little bit, and we need you to speak. Speak! <laughs> uh, I was going to say that uh, because we're still in non-spoiler territory, I enjoyed the choice for the musical score. Absolutely. I thought it was really, really fun, and I thought it really did a great job of cap- capturing the essence as, as we mentioned before horror movies of the 30s to the 50s and our 60s so i i thought that they the effort was all around uh in regards to really giving you that feel and i thought that was great yep yep absolutely um now sure I, I mean not sure i'm sorry uh kevin you mentioned the universe part um, obviously that was, was one of the first things that, that came to your attention when you, when you started this episode, uh, on, on Disney, um, were you a big fan of universal horror films as a kid? Um, I didn't watch many, not because I didn't want to, not because they scared me. It was just, I never really had much of a opportunity really to say, I mean, I would see a couple of them, but for me now they they really hold a a special place for me because like every halloween i have the the traditional like my my traditional things i like to see and one of and a couple of them are the the universal frankenstein and the universal dracula and i also like watching um abbott costello meet frankenstein uh which involved frankenstein dracula and wolfman so, I mean, you've got like the classic Marvel characters in there and the only one that is in that movie that's not from the, you know, the original um, Marvel, uh, I'm sorry, not Marvel, Universal is uh, Boris Karloff. He doesn't play the monster in that one, but I mean, Boris Karloff does end up being another abacus. I mean, even Vincent Price has a cameo at the end. So, like I said, it's a fun it's a it's a fun movie. It's I I enjoy them, and so when when I saw this, it just to me it just had that feel. 
Yeah, yeah. and I think that was intended for sure. Uh, anybody else have any other things you want to bring up before we get into spoilers? All right, I guess that's pretty much it. So uh, what we're going to do here, uh, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert, and, and to be honest, uh, it's probably necessary, especially uh, with the the um, debut of a, a Marvel character. Um, so uh, we're going to throw up the spoiler alert, and we'll talk about everything and anything. And uh, so you have been warned. Now, uh, to set up the, the episode, uh, and I keep on calling it an episode. I just should call it a special because that's what they, they even say in the credits, Marvel special. Um, well, the funny part is, is that when they did this, they, they made it look like a night. They, they, the, the special announcement type of thing made it look like something I remember seeing in shows in the eighties. Oh yeah. Um, it, it feels like, uh, what I, what I just is burned in my brain as the, like the CBS special yeah. logo that would come on right before they did the Charlie Brown Christmas or Rudolph or something like that. Um, yeah. for at least for me that that's where all like the the holiday specials aired was almost always CBS. On occasion, uh, you got some of the lower tier Rankin Bass stuff on ABC, but the Charlie Brown uh, was always on CBS. Rudolph Frosty was CBS. Um, right. So yeah, um, that was that was a nice touch. Now, uh, how they set it up here is basically they have like a, a voiceover similar to like the evil dead Two, where they talk about the Necronomicon or whatever. So basically what it is, is this, uh, family known as the bloodstones. Um, uh, the patriarch is passed and they have called five monster hunters, uh, to come, um, to see which is the most worthy to, to, uh, take up the mantle of, I guess, monster hunter that the bloodstone guy was, which was with a, uh, magical jewel or talisman or, or artifact that is called the bloodstone. Um, so obviously the family's named after that. Um, and whoever is the most worthy monster hunter will be able to inherit the bloodstone and carry on. Uh, <laughs> at least that's what I got out of it. Well, um, I mean, at first it looks like that, but then after a while it was just whoever survived, you know, and the, 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 the it, it didn't make sense to me. Uh, are we at spoilers yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, well, one thing just didn't make sense to me is that, you know, they're all part of this organization to kill monsters. And then when it came time for the Bloodstone, which was it wasn't just a talisman. I mean, it was, it was an ability. I mean, it was a, well, it was a talisman, but I mean, the thing would help you um, protect you from monsters, kill monsters, you know, things like that. And it just, and they're killing each other to get it. And I'm sitting there thinking, weren't you all kind of on the same side a little while ago? And now you're just trying to kill each other. I, I just, I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I felt that was odd too, because when we are introduced to some of these monster hunters, they seem like buddy buddies and stuff, or, or if not buddy buddies, but, you know, glad to meet each other and they've heard of each other, even if they've never met. And so the friendship there, and then of course, the moment that they're, they find out this is kind of like you said, a trick where it's not only who is most worthy to get the bloodstone, but the most worthy has to survive a test 
and not just a test against um well that that the patriarch had set up and, and his wife but also even like you said kevin have to defeat the other monster hunters which could result in death to a handful of them so that that was a little odd but you know i mean we've seen this stuff in, in battle uh royale and uh other things where people are friendly and then they immediately start fighting each other to the death um and i've always uh, felt depending on like like for battle royale they were forced to so you know there's there's panic and mental distress and things like that well here it felt more um yeah comic booky i guess and maybe that that was the intent um anyone well, have th- and, thoughts yeah go on Mike. well uh, i i don't think this is much of a shock to anybody uh even if there weren't spoilers up uh but these are not good people <laughs> They're kind of dicks. Um, we certainly saw that, I think, on occasion uh, in Supernatural, right? Where, uh, yeah, they had good hunters, but they'd also have hunters that were assholes. And, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, another one where the, the Watcher's Council was, was a group of dicks. Um, nothing, nothing, you know, terribly shocking or original there, unless, you know, you're 12 years old. But, um, so, yeah, if these were all, like, virtuous people, then, yeah, I would I would have an issue. But they're, no, they're just... Yeah, well, you know, um, but I can understand Kevin's point because we're introduced to uh, one of them, the the Irish guy or the Scottish guy, whatever he was, um, and and he seemed like a nice guy. So it, I can see how Kevin would think. Later, it felt out of character that he suddenly was this raging, murdering maniac and probably some sort of dissocial personality type of thing because he, you know, I just met this these people, but, and I was friendly with them, but now I'm willing to take an axe to their heads. So, literally. Yeah. So, so Kevin may have a point there, Mike. Um, can you see his, his point of view or, 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 Oh, it's a it's a silly system. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But again, these these are not supposed to be good people. So, and people do stupid things out of tradition all but, the time. But, but what 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 makes? How did we know that they weren't good people until they started attacking each other in the maze? Because I, it's I, a, because it's predictable. I don't know. I mean, I I was kind of like with 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 Kevin, where I was kind of shocked. Um, especially the guy with the axe, because he seemed like a nice guy. So it was just yeah. But if you if you look at that that at Jack, uh, I don't know if they ever gave his full name, which is Jack Russell. Um, yeah, yeah. That's but uh, uh, that uh, is he a terrier? Yeah, he, he doesn't seem terribly comfortable with him. Um, uh, and you know, I guess it's just a ritual to fight to the death to see who wasn't who's the strongest. And actually, well, I mean, they don't. I don't. Yeah, think because he had mandate. a secret, right? That's probably why he wasn't comfortable because he had a secret, right? But anyway, continue because he's, he's, he's got a secret, uh, which may be spoiled by the title of the the the, the special, yeah. um, especially in, in the poster too. As a matter of fact, <laughs> the, the characters right yeah. on the poster. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, it's I, and I don't. I don't think they give rules that you have to kill each other. I think it's just. Um, 
whoever gets the bloodstone wins, but it's yep. easier to, to, if you don't have to fight the monster and the people, you know, at the same time. And, or, and so you deny the people the chance to get the bloodstone first by, by yep. killing them. Yeah. And well, I mean, the woman at the beginning just said pretty much, you know, no holds barred. Yeah. Well, because I'm sure this is what's happened, and that the the bloodstone they mentioned gives you, you know, special strength, longer life. You know, it, it, this this is who wants to be a, be a superhero, basically. Uh, and I, some people will kill for that power. Right. So I could see that. Right. So that wouldn't that make them super villain? Yeah. Well, that's a whole another argument. But yes, that that would. Kind of an antihero. That too. Yeah. But then that gets it. But then that gets into the post-credit sequence of the Legion of Super Pets, right? But but would it? I mean, antiheroes usually are ruthless, but they're they're at least killing the bad guys. So I don't know if I would call them antiheroes. I would call them super villains if it, based off of their actions. But you never know. I mean, they could be one of those really gray things where they're doing bad things, but they think they're doing good things and they don't, you know, so it could be one of those too. So, I don't know. Just by the means, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, it seems, fact, kind of it seems kind of kind of counterproductive to um, kill all the other hunters just for the blood gem. It's a good <laughs> way to get new new membership. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, if, that's if, what we call high yeah, turnover. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true. It just seemed counterproductive to me. But um, it, it made for a fun uh, outing, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and oh, I have to admit, um, what did Pam think of that tuba? Uh, the one with the flames. It's not a tuba. Oh, it's not? Sorry. It's a, it's a sousaphone. Uh, my wife Pam is a is a tuba player. She is, I think, the one female tuba player in New York State. Um, but she hasn't seen it yet. Uh, we haven't had a chance to. I haven't had a chance to show it to her. So, am, Mike, I'm, how do you know I'm it's curious. not a tuba then? Because I married a tuba player. There you go. And and this is a, this is a this is a very sensitive issue <laughs> for tuba players. <laughs> you know, it's like somebody confusing Taylor Swift with Fiona Apple or something. You would just flip. So right, that is true. You know, yeah. Um, if you if you tubas are meant to be played sitting and sousaphones are meant to be marched around with. You, you, Mike, the the best, and you haven't seen it, but it, I, it's a great episode of, of The Office, and Sean will approve. Uh, where where uh, Jim is talking to Andy about. Uh, Lord of the Rings, and he keeps on screwing up stuff. He's going, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so Sauron is like he's on a spaceship. Don't forget and, Chewbacca. Chewbacca was there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just keeps on going on, and, he, and then he adds in Star Trek, and he adds in Star Wars, and then he adds, and and you can see like like Dwight in the background, like it's about his head to blow up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then Andy's going, well, I don't know if that's how it is. Yeah, and Jim's going. Yeah, no, I'm telling you, that's how it. And, and Dwight's like freaking. But anyway, that was a major uh, side thing that was. I knew Sean would appreciate. Um, so let's get into um, uh, the setup. Uh, I, I kind of did the setup, but the I, I think when when was it they discovered that this was like not a contest by 
you know, what you've done in the past and your intellect and, and your ability to fight, but actual, like, decathlon of murder to, to try to get the bloodstone. In other words, what made – what part and where did they determine that, okay, this is going to be a ruthless fight and not just uh, someone was going to be handed the stone after they prove something? It's probably when they, they heard the, the recording. Yes. Uh, who wants to talk about this recording? And what, uh, it was kind of interesting and, and kind of comical how it happened, but it, it was a wink also to the Universal. Uh, anyway, but anyway, uh, Sean, Sean, explain, explain this. this, this oh, Phil. <laughs> come on. You, you always do good. Yeah. Uh, so basically, they've all been told, you know, to come because I believe Bloodstone, this is Bloodstone's funeral. And what happens is it's like, it's like an animatronic zombie version of Bloodstone who is basically telling them the rules and <laughs> what's going on. Up. It was great. It was, it was freaking I'm like, that's awesome. I, I loved um, how the wife, the, the, the widow was like, like trying to grab onto his hand as if it was still alive. Oh, I got a kick out of the widow saying like, that was a wonderful lover, which reminded me, wasn't that in Young Frankenstein, where uh, Frau oh, Bunker, yeah. right? Maybe, yeah. and 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 like you just see everybody, <laughs> everyone gets uncomfortable because I, she talks I about have, the the. That's right. That's right. Yeah. About the doctor being a, a wonderful lover, but anyway, um, I, I had to laugh because when I gave the eulogy at my father's funeral, I said, you know, if he had his way, uh. You know, he liked his little toys and gadgets, and if he had his way, you know, he'd have the coffin rakes where he would make him sit up and talk to people. So it just kind of exactly was like had this. So that just kind of sprung into my mind. Um, so uh, it was, was was that because I I could see so my 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 father would have gotten a kick out of that. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. It was. Uh, I also liked it. Did a little uh, like tales from the crypt uh, joke at the end. Um, what I wrote it down. What was it? It said, um, I'll be riding for you. Yes. <laughs> That's great. And he said, yeah, sorry, you know, a little grave, uh, like a little grave humor or something like that. But that was such a very crypt keeper-ish line. That's why I got a kick out of that. So I'm curious, Mike, is the, the creature, it seemed very Cthulhu-like. Was it, it's not a Marvel creature, was it? That first creature they were going after? Is it something that has a history in the Marvel Universe? Or is it just oh, some ran, ran, random huge. thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to think if I'm missing a creature, but no, I think. No, Which that, creature that, are you talking about? The one the of the first, heads? The first one that had kind of like the, the snake-like beard. <laughs> Okay, yeah, okay. Right, right, right. so he's so talking. The, the, yeah, you're talking about the main character, Mike, and I have to talk about it first. But I'll yeah, the, the one that the has the, the one that has the bloodstone Ted. on it. Ted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah. So Ted. basically, in the '70s, and it was a comic book I bought. All uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get the. Actually, I'm kind of glad I didn't get the the first episode of of the the comic because it would have been thrown out and I would have been devastated because it's probably worth a fortune now. Um, but I, I got into it, you know, when I was eight or nine, uh, basically there's a comic book that is called man thing. 
And oh, okay. it's, it's yeah. kind of like the Swamp Thing. I think it's Marvel and, and DC's fight over the creature from the Swamp type of thing. And both of them were like kind of human at one time. Um, and the Man Thing comic, it was, some, it was interesting too how they wrote it because they, the, there was like a the, 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 there wasn't fourth wall, but they had like talk over about I think we can see the the man thing may actually have a tear or is that just a a droplet from the swamp or whatever and so it, it was a cool comic uh because he was kind of, he was a monster but he was a good guy similar to like the swamp thing or something like that from DC and um uh like you said in my my oldest daughter 8 year old who w- was watching it with me too said hey, he looks like Cthulhu so you're absolutely right so it doesn't wouldn't surprise me if That was intentional too, um, but it was a really good comic book uh, if you were into monsters as a kid. Um, and I really can't give further information on it because, again, it's been a long time. Uh, but I'm sure Mike, you you can explain yeah. it a little bit more. Uh, I mean, and the Man Thing, which who has one of the most unfortunate names of any character in any comic book ever. I was just thinking that. <laughs> actually, actually debuted, I think it's like three months before Bernie Wrightson was doing uh, Swamp Thing. But this is one of these things like where either there was some industrial espionage going on or there was just sort of parallel creativity going on between the two companies because uh, you had the same thing happen with uh, DC did Doom Patrol and X-Men came right after that. And there was a lot of parallels there and there's other examples, but um, yeah, so it, it's just a scientist who has the accident in the swamp and gets turned into a swamp creature, the same as swamp thing. Uh, and the, the, the slogan, you know, is like, you have your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man and, you know, you know, this is a job for Superman and, well, Swamp Man Thing is uh, something like he who knows fear burns at the Man Thing's touch, or, or something close to that. So, um, if you're not fi- afraid of him, you can touch him all you want. You can touch the Man Thing as much as you want, perfectly fine. But if you're afraid of the Man Thing, when you touch the Man Thing, it burns. Um, and uh, yeah, I can't I can't imagine how any of this just got got. Uh, it's a man thing, and the whole thing is power is the power of touch. <laughs> just, uh, uh, and the interesting thing is, so uh, just to digress into the where Marvel is at the moment with its cinematic universe, they're doing this whole multiverse thing. They did Doctor Strange with Sam Raimi in the Multiverse of Madness. They did the Spider-Man in, uh, uh, No Way Home uh, story, which was another multiverse story. The Loki series introduced the multiverse. In the comics, the Man Thing is the guardian of the nexus of realities, which is a like a, a portal in the swamp where different things come through. And so he may end up yet playing a bigger role in Marvel stuff coming forward, if this still holds. He actually, uh, I think, first appeared. I'm trying to think. I think he may have first appeared in Werewolf by Night. Or Werewolf by Night first appeared in his book, but I can't remember. But a couple of years ago, Kevin Smith was going to be doing um, an animated uh, Howard the Duck series for um, for Hulu, and uh, he was planning on using 
uh, Werewolf by Night, and he had to be told, "Don't you can't do Werewolf by Night because we have plans for him." Uh, but he was going to have also bring in Man Thing, and he was going to bring in a couple of other characters. And then after that series had ended, they were going to do uh, like a, a, a special episode, and the title of that would have been Giant Size Man Thing because it's Kevin Smith. <laughs> uh, and that, and that, uh, is it good. me also did this thing also remind me a little bit of Snuffleupagus from uh, Sesame yeah. Street yes <laughs> oh and I, and I want to point out that <laughs> while there are definitely CGI man things in here sort of like the Watchmen uh, which had a CGI man thing um, this uh, there, there are a number of scenes where he's practical effects uh, I'm pretty sure the last scene of him sitting down is that's that's an animatronic puppet. Uh, probably the first scene we see him in where he's like hiding in the bushes. I'm pretty sure that's animatronic. There's a couple of scenes. There's a scene where he, like he he drops down or breaks through, and there's a scene where he he's running. Those are probably CGI. But they did some some really good animatronic stuff with that, and I, I appreciated it. And it's interesting too that you know like you Barrett and you Kevin and maybe even you Sean too aren't familiar with the character because. I guess he isn't a huge character, but he was pretty big back in those days because it was like during She-Hulk. You know, he's one of those characters that they they started really pushing in the seventies, uh, along with like She-Hulk and and like I said, Dev- Devil Dinosaur and all these other ones. And a lot of these are, are all forgotten now. And you know, She-Hulk suddenly had a huge resurgence because of the show. Um, man thing i guess they're thinking of maybe maybe they're going to start using him in uh future marvel stuff but you you know you you folks asking you know who he is and he looks like snuffleupagus or whatever it's interesting because myself and mike you know we knew this character because we we uh, and I'm, I can, I believe I can speak for you too, Mike. Loved this character as a kid, and it was an awesome comic book. And it was right there. Oh, he was a great to, monster. Yeah, it was a great monster, and he was right there next to Wonder Woman and and Spider Man and all the the main characters too. And Howard the Duck, Once, all these characters. Yeah, and Howard the Duck, that was another one. Yeah. Once you said the name, I know I've heard of him, but um, yep. yeah, I, I don't remember seeing. I remember seeing like covers where. It said man thing or something, you know, is, is like yeah. a special guest or whatever. But that's about I, as far as it goes for me. I don't think anybody will blame you for not wanting to open up the covers of a book called man thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, <laughs> but, but to be honest, though, to be honest, though, a lot of the app, that's how I found out about the monster was because, you know, you're just going through the local convenience store back then because they didn't really have awesome comic book stores where I lived back when I was a kid. And that would be one of the ones there. And a lot of the, the covers would be the the man thing actually there, looking like the Cthulhu monster that we saw here. And that was a cool monster, as Mike said. So that was instantly said, oh, I got to get that. And so so that's that's how I learned about them. And and you know when you have only like twenty titles, and you know twenty titles is, is barely one uh, a bookshelf of uh, comic books, and he's prominently there with, with with superman and 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 iron man and stuff that that's pretty impressive but you know so he was he was huge um for that time period it's just yeah. that for some reason they shut him down it was definitely a huge man thing um <laughs> well it's weird because for some now 
as I've said on the She-Hulk podcast, I haven't really like collected new comics in over 20 years now just because financially and, and it just was getting to be too much. I just spent um, $81 on comics today. So that, that, which I think now gets you about three books. Um, no, actually, believe it or not, it, was, it wasn't that bad. It, it, I got like like 12, I think, believe it or not. And that included a heavy metal magazine, which was like 15 bucks. So, okay. Yeah, so because most of them were like three to four bucks. Uh, so I, I lucked out. I didn't get like the special edition twenty dollar cover. There was one Lady Death I almost got, but I didn't want to spend twenty five bucks. But anyway, well, anyway, so like, and I was like, I, when I was like young, it was basically my dad would bring comics home from uh, uh, on his way home from work. We stopped at the convenience store, and so it was like this smatter, random smattering. I became more of an uh, an avid act uh, active collector when I was like eleven or twelve, and and was buying more books. And that kind of lasted for about 20 years. <clears throat> so I know in that period. And the weird thing is, like, Werewolf, Werewolf by Night was gone and I, Vampire was gone. And the you know, Swamp Thing had a resurgence because of the, the movie and Alan Moore. But the only one from Marvel that really, like, hung on, not in his own books, but would, you know, still pop up as cameos and appearances in other characters' books was Man-Thing. And I don't know why, you know, he was he was the big one. I mean, Ghost Rider was another one. Um, Ghost Rider was another character appeared in the seventies, and he would come and go depending on want, you know I they kept the, trying to relaunch him. I want Devil, but uh, that was the best one. Uh, well, they keep keep keep. Well, there's a cartoon series, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't know. That's what is it? Netflix or something? Uh, well, it's Disney, so I don't oh, know yeah. when it's appearing, but I know they're working on one. But because they brought the character back recently, they made some changes. And some things, but the, they brought Devil Dinosaur into the present day. Oh no! So, oh no! Um, but he's still a dinosaur. That's big and red. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's a TV show Marvels, Moon Girl, and Di- Devil Dinosaur. Yeah. So interesting. Uh, it comes out in February. Okay. Disney. Disney. There you go. So, um, and it's going to be kid friendly, so your daughters can watch it. So anyway, so that was Man Thing. So Man Thing is, and that's, and then definitely once you see Man Thing, if you know, if you know the Man Thing, you know the Man Thing is a good thing, um, and the Man Thing is not a thing you should be afraid of. So you know that they have a good monster that has been trapped, and so the man, when we see that, and so we know that that oh, so these guys want us to kill the good monster because monsters are like people. Most of them suck, but some of them are nice. Right. I had to explain that to my, my girls when we were watching this. They go, is that it? because they're scared of the monster? Like, oh, my God, it's like Cthulhu. I go, no, 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 no. The monsters are the good guys in this. So the werewolf and the man thing, or Tim, are the good guys. It's the people that are the bad guys. And so that, I, they right. had to figure that out. So they go, oh, all right, that's interesting. I mean, I am at the point now, I I, I – not going to really hold it against them for this, but I, I am a little tired of the people are the real monsters story. Cause that was a, yeah, a I'm thing. I'm a little sick of that too. That, that was a, that was a novel idea 40 years ago, maybe. And, and now it's sort of the default, you know, you can expect it to be the case. Um, But you know, like I said, but that's neither here nor there. And of course, our main character is a werewolf, so you know uh, you probably don't want to go with the all monsters are evil thing. 
Yep, it's true. It's true. So, yeah, so the man thing is, even in the comic, uh, Barrett, um, what was a good guy? So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So, so, you know, kind of like the, the Hulk, you know, the Hulk was right. bad and, and, and whatever, but he really wasn't type of thing. So. Right. Yeah, I don't know so, why they never called the man thing besides the obvious giggle factor, but I, yeah. I think the Ted thing was just to to, to humanize him and yeah, Ted, uh, Ted. yeah, and and to like let the clue the audience in because I, I can imagine a large percentage of the audience doesn't know the character, you know that he's he's a friendly monster, you know if you yeah. call him the man thing, you know he, they right. might think he's well one it's going to sound like you're ripping off Swamp Thing. I, again, they did. They came first. Man, right. The man thing came first. Um, but, but you're right. If they just call it the it also, creature, it's, it's, yeah. you, you know, the, then you're thinking, okay, the creature of the lack of goons, bad guy, you know. Or, but if they give it a humanized name, then you know, oh, okay, maybe it is okay. Yeah. So, so me and you, Mike, saw this episode differently than Barrett. And Kevin, and I'm not sure, Sean, I haven't heard from Sean yet. Um, when we saw the man thing, we immediately knew that the monster was a, a good guy, even before the werewolf guy. Yeah, I know. felt like he was familiar, so I'm glad that we're going over it, because it, it was yeah. killing me. I couldn't think of what it was. Yeah, so so <laughs> I, I, if, if the man thing wasn't in this episode, and it was like just a regular monster, then I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. Um, because it was kind of standard, you know, for for a television show or you know a little movie. It, 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 there was nothing about it that like made it stand out to me. Um, but then when we saw I saw the man thing, I was like, oh, this is awesome because it was one of my favorite characters as a kid. So it was a very nostalgic. Yeah, uh, Sean, have, do you know the man thing? You, you've disappeared. Yes, on I was aware of him from. Stuff. Uh, trying to think of what it would have been. Probably early '90s, I think. Just because you come across, if you went to the comic stores or whatever, you'd have all kinds of different backdated, you know, comics or whatever that people have traded in. And so that's where I would have come across him. And then I was also aware of Swamp Thing because, and like you guys said, Marvel came out first. But Swamp Thing seems to get more press. <laughs> and so when I saw him in this show i'm like oh that's that's fun i wasn't expecting that and i like the design and i i just i like the fact he's dead just dead he's just trying to do his thing so (laughs) that was that was that was was cool i I thought that was good so and i just love that it it played like again we you know it's playing on the, the horror tropes it's using like funny situations that are actually funny and it's just as I like the the show itself flowed very nicely. Yep. Um. So, Mike or anybody who watched this episode, what was it that I, I was confused because obviously, right? They have the man thing. They they throw him into the the maze, and they know the man thing will kill. All the monster hunters, um, possibly, if uh, they're scared of him, because then he'll they'll burn. But they, I didn't I didn't get the backstory of how the man thing, 
the maze, why they chose him. And so I was I was completely confused at that. Any, anyone have an explanation of that? Did anybody else get an idea? You know, because there was the bad thing just showed up. I didn't hear, hear anything earlier that they said, "Oh, we caught this monster." Oh, they mentioned been... it before. Um, they mentioned it as as they went in. They said, "You know, there's a mon." They pretty much, I don't know exactly what they said, but they pretty much said, "You know, there's a monster in there, and you have to go find it and kill it, and all that sort of thing." Yeah, I heard that too, but I I didn't get any backstory. Of like this is a monster that's been bothering this town, and and we put him in there to show to prove that you know you can prove that you're a better monster hunter than the rest if you can kill him and all this. But and, and then and then the, the the one twist was is that Jack Russell was there not really for the Bloodstone. He was there to save his friend Ted, the Man Thing, from getting killed. And being imprisoned by the Bloodstone family, so I guess a lot was not given to us in advance, right? Am I right to think that? Because, or, or did I miss something completely? No, they, there was a, it was meant to be a surprise. They, they like in the universe, uh, you know, the, the challenge is they capture a monster, and I assume a deadly one, so that is a challenge for them to overcome. Uh, Man Thing is, you know, a powerful creature. Uh, in the Marvel universe, and and so and 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 a unique creature, so this would probably fit what they would want for the ritual, and uh, and then it also fits the storyline in that they want him to be an, an empathetic monster, um, and certainly one that will draw buzz from fans who um, would be excited to see him if they if they knew who he was, as opposed to just doing some generic demon-looking thing. Um, so, so I, I mean, that, that's kind of out of universe story. So it's, they just needed a monster and it happened to be Ted that they grabbed. They grabbed Ted's man thing. Yep. And, so, then, they, and then, and then they suck the bloodstone on him and, and the bloodstone not only causes him pain, but it also weakens him. Uh, and they're just really, they're, they're just jerking man thing around um so yeah 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 and and yeah so i mean the, the, the plot is pretty thin when when i think about it um doesn't talk too much about it now let's talk about this jack russell guy and his twist and he's the, he's basically a werewolf so he's a monster too um that portrays himself as a monster hunter. So maybe he is like a monster that kills bad monsters uh, in this universe. Mike, you probably I thought he just went undercover. I don't know. Mike, was he a monster hunter in the comics or was he like Kevin said, he's, he's undercover. I don't know. I actually never really read the, um, the werewolf by night comics. And I know he pops up on occasion and I'm sure I read a, in a comic here or there where he helped take down a villain, but I don't know what his standard operating procedure was in his own book. If he was just a fugitive type character or, you know, gotcha. I'm sure he, I'm sure he fought other monsters because, you know, they're comic books. You, you, you have to have them fight other monsters. I think there's stuff I mean, the reason with like what... the curses and stuff. Oh, there was, and that was part of it. And like, there oh, was, no, I repeat think... that one, repeat that once more, Sean, because, uh, <clears throat> 
you and Kevin had Sorry. spoken at the same time. We couldn't hear you. So no, I was just saying that uh, I think there was stuff to do with cursing the curses, and there's points where he's trying to release or get rid of the curse, and there's forces working against that. And I think there's a point where he even is for I'm not sure how long it was, but he ends up being I don't know, brainwashed, I guess, and so he's like working for the bad guys, and then you know having to find his way back or whatever and i think that's kind of like how it was gotcha see when i thought what i thought was he was just going in undercover like acting like somebody else and just to you know like taking somebody else's identity uh just because he knew that his friend ted was captured and he just wanted to go in and, and rescue his friend Yeah, I, I I mean that's the thing. It's it's uh, uh, unless we we read the the whole backstory of, the, of Jack Russell, uh, I guess you could interpret it either way. So uh, any any listeners who, who who are familiar with the the character in that comic can can email us at uh, darkdiscussions at aol dot com or go to www.darkdiscussions.com and press the contact us link. Either way, how you email us, put in the subject. Uh, werewolf by night, and we'll know it's directly related to this topic here. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't sure to interpret it as he's a monster hunter that himself, or if he was undercover. But I do agree with you, Mike, that it makes sense that his story, whatever it is, uh, he will um, uh, most likely fight other monsters in his comic just for the fact that that's what comic book characters do. They fight villains and monsters. Um, but yeah, I don't know the backstory, Kevin, uh, but you, you're, you're as apt to be correct as um, any of any other uh, idea. Okay. Uh, what made you Kevin think he may have been undercover? Well, okay. My first uh, impression was, I mean, just even as he was looking around as he was coming in, you know, he's kind of acting a little nervous. But then, like, when the one, the Scottish guy was talking to him, he says, uh, and they're looking at all the, the trophies. I mean, as you come in, there's uh, trophy heads, you know, like you would see, like how people do, like, mount a deer's head. Well, this was monster's heads, you know, and he's looking around at the different ones. And he obviously doesn't seem like he really knows what's going on. So finally, he you know he points at this one vampiric looking monster and said, "Oh yeah, I had to run in with him a couple of times. Yeah, he's never looked more alive. You know, it's like he's trying to. It sounds like he's trying to blend in. It makes me wonder when we find out later that he's been like underground railroading the monsters or something." Uh, that he's been trying to help the monsters instead of killing them makes me wonder, like, like, did he actually know how many of the monsters on the walls? Did he actually know what did he fight them or were, was he helping them? Um, so there's like a whole there is a whole backstory there that if they chose to spin him off into his own series, they could do a lot with. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's true. That's true, and. Uh... Whether why they decided to just make it a uh, fifty-minute special rather than say a one, one you know season 
series of you know like they did with She-Hulk or any of these other characters that they've done in the in the past couple of years. I don't know, um, but I could I could see that Mike that they they could have with this character, and and again, you know what what determines a character to get a full series or not. Obviously, more popular characters may get get that, but as we've seen. They can take obscure characters or, or characters that aren't A-listers at one time, like Iron Man or, or Black Panther or Thor, and suddenly they become as well-known as Superman and Wonder Woman and Batman in the DC universe because of the movies and the TV shows. So I don't know. I'm not sure why they chose it to go this route with the one 50-minute episode when you're right, Jack Russell could have a series. Well, I think – I mean, they, the reason they started with Iron Man and, and Thor, you know, is just because those are the characters they had the rights to. Uh, they had sold off the rights to their more popular characters, like the X-Men, Spider-Man, Hulk. Um, so they didn't have much choice. But, I mean, Werewolf by Night is, is far enough out in left field and obscure enough of a character who, you know, hasn't, like, carried a series, again, since really since the 70s. <clears throat> And just in tone, tenor, right? It's it's a it's a horror thing. It's a it's a werewolf. It's not a superhero. I can understand them not wanting to just greenlight a movie. And if they're trying to do this, so for example, you have a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. I think that comes out this year. Um, if they want to do these sort of holiday specials with some of their characters, well, he's a good character to do a Halloween special with. And that can just work as a field test. And if people like him, well, maybe they do another Halloween special next year. Um, or they spin him off into his own series. Or maybe they do a Man-Thing special if this works well. Or Tomb of Dracula. Or Elsa Bloodstone. So there's lots of ways they could play this. But I understand why they wouldn't necessarily want to commit to anything bigger than an hour special, given the 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 the, the, the relative obscurity of the character and just the nature of the book. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, now, uh, Sean, uh, what do you got? Um, there must be some other stuff that you were planning to talk about that we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, just, I don't know, just it was interesting, the different kills. I wasn't expecting the uh, level of violence, but it wasn't, <laughs> I don't know, like it was over the top, but it wasn't, like a gore fest it was just i wasn't expecting it wow <laughs> um yeah I, I i would concur i mean uh based off of how they were going uh you know in universal but also i wasn't expecting the action sequences either because you know uh elsa i think that's the character's name um you know was was doing like martial art type moves and, and things like that and, and it, that doesn't necessarily fit in to a universal universe but again this is like a combination of two things so the violence excess violence yeah I, I was surprised too uh probably more so about that because um based off of it being universal looking i felt it was going to be like G or PG, like Frankenstein, Dracula, Werewolf, Creature from the Black Lagoon, and on and on and on. So um, I could see how yeah, the, this could be considered not necessarily for six- and eight-year-olds like my two daughters. Um, but, yeah, that, so I'm, I'm there with you. I, I was kind of surprised. 
Um, I did like so. There's um, again the black and white covers up a lot of the violence. Yeah, I did like. Um, there was a lot of seemingly retro touches to this. In that, for example, when the they're doing the Marvel logo at the beginning, and they switch it over into black and white, the music for the Marvel themes kind of sounds like it switches over to mono. Um, and it just sounds like tinnier, like it was something that was recorded 40, 50, 60 years ago. Um, and there were a number of times where things were out of focus, which you would have gotten in some of those older films because you had to pick your focus at one point, And if somebody moved, they may have been, you know, something that was, you, you can't focus on two things at once because they maybe didn't have the split lenses. And, um, so there were like little splashes like that. There was a scene, um, where when Jack finally turns into the werewolf, he kills a couple of guards and you have the scene where the, they're basically being trapped inside with the werewolf as the door is slowly lowering. And so it's a really, and by the way, really neat scene because it's, it's lit, but as the door is closing, it's getting darker and darker and darker. And you just see, and you actually start seeing blood being splattered on the screen. And this is one of the things where it was like slightly out of focus because it was, you know, the action is moving, you know, in and out of the depth of the screen. Um, so I liked that. I like that. Actually, I like the whole cinematography of it. Um, Marvel is well known for having very flat lighting, um, meaning it's lit like television as opposed to being lit like a movie. Uh, and, and I think because it's in black and white, they had to emphasize the light and shadow more and gave a lot of things depth. And the transformation I thought was, a was really well done. Uh, because it's just done as a focusing on Elsa in the cage with the shadow on the wall. And we know the She-Hulk joke, it's done to save money. But I think it works. I think it worked really well. Yeah, that, was, that was a pretty cool that effect. Part too. Yeah, it was a cool effect. Go on, Kevin. No, I was thinking that too. The uh, Okay, can you turn the camera away so we can transform you so we don't have to pay for it? Right. Yeah, and, and it worked. It, it was effective. Um, it's similar to, you know, like when they have a sheet or a curtain and you see something in the, behind it happening. So they, they kind of went that route, and that was pretty awesome uh, here, how they did it. Um, and, and they certainly didn't have to. You know, they had the money. They could pay for one transformation, uh, the same, you know, because they, they paid for plenty for She-Hulk. Uh, so if they wanted to do it, they could have done it. Um, so, uh, and I also liked, you know, that, that it's not the werewolf we tend to see now in werewolf movies. It's, it's, it's a wolf man. It's much more of a, a universal Lon Chaney type, right? As opposed to the actual, like more woven creature. Right, right. Um, what, yeah, what, what, speaking of that, what, what did you guys think of the, the look of the, the wolf man here? Um, cause they, at one point, my, my daughter, my youngest six year old says, you can't see what he looks like because, you know, they're, they're hiding him in the shadows pretty good for a bit, but eventually you get to see him. And I wasn't sure if we we're going to see like, um, the, a wolf man from like, um, that looks actually like a wolf. Or if they were going to be more like the Lon Chaney one, and and it's kind of 
like the long chainy one, but with less uh, wolf hair on it. Um, so I, I don't know what did you guys think of uh, the Wolfman. I liked it. I like you know, yeah, the like the design. I thought it was good. It, you know, like you were saying, like how is it going to turn out? Is it going to be like Michael Jackson werewolf from Thriller, or you know, you know, uh, dog soldiers or whatever, something like that? So I thought the design was fine because again, you're it's feels again with the homage to the Universal Monsters. That was a I thought that was a nice touch. And uh, to me, it, to me, that yeah. works because of the, the the era they're mimicking. Because basically, you yeah. don't start getting the dog-like wolf creatures, to the best of my knowledge, until werewolves, the dog-like werewolves, until American Werewolf in London. Right. Yeah. Everything else at that up to that point had been a wolfman type creature. So it just fits, and that and that is what Werewolf by Night was was basically a Wolfman. Yeah. Well, uh, what did you What did you think, uh, um, Kevin? Well, like, it, yeah, I mean, it was because I remember when I watched uh, American Werewolf in London. That's the first time I saw a werewolf actually turn into a wolf, you know, and not you know, like a man-wolf type of thing, because I'm used to the, you know, to the Lon Chaney Jr., you know, transforming into a wolf uh, thing. But th- at the same time, though, um, I remember there was a show on Fox, like when Fox originally started. Yep. And, and there was that, uh, I'm trying to remember. With Chuck Connors. And with it, Chuck I, Connors. What was the name of the show? I think it was just Werewolf. Yeah, I think so. And I and I really and I really like that. And it was I thought they did a great job with him, you know, as going back to a you know part man, part wolf, you know, pretty much a wolf on its hind legs. Uh now though, and it's funny because I just saw another movie. Uh, I just told I was telling Phil about it the other day. Uh, it's just called Howl and it's on Tubi and it's got a where it's got that kind of werewolf, you know, the, you know, pretty much a, a, a monster just, but you know, on two legs rather than on four. And I thought that was pretty good. So. Hold on. I just got a, mer- a message from Eric Webster. Uh Oh uh, yeah. He says, fuck Tubi. <laughs> wow it even comes in our other podcasts i don't know how, i don't know how he knew yeah. <laughs> honestly I, I still don't i still don't understand that point but yeah for, well, now for it's enough. just a thing yeah. yeah now it's just a thing <laughs> he's got some good catchphrases like people suck yeah. Well, and the the thing is, I mean, I just happened actually. I only I only had Tubi just because we had to do that Marla um, movie, and um, other than that, I, other than that, I wouldn't even have heard of, of Tubi. But a friend of mine saw this, saw saw you know Howl, and I and I know we're going off off tracks here, but you know it's I I saw that a friend of mine saw it, and I said okay, I'll take a look, and it was pretty good. Um. 
but yeah, it's it was like I I thought that they did the the werewolf well. I thought I thought it was a good 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 job. Sure, sure. Um, all right. Uh, any other items that anybody wanted to bring up on uh, the episode? Uh, I enjoyed the cast. Oh yeah, yeah. But everyone was great in their roles and. We'll see whether we get to see more Elsa Bloodstone down the road or whatever, and that'll be fun. So, I mean, the hope is, because I think what it's supposed to be leading to is Blade, right? Because in the comics, Blade and Werewolf by Night have worked together. Yeah, for the Midnight Suns. So, that's kind of where it's supposed to be going, right? Yeah, um, unfortunately, I know the Blade film has gotten festerfucked. Um, yes, <laughs> Blade kind of, sort of has a cameo in at the end of Eternals that made no sense, and it didn't matter because you didn't know it was Blade until like they told you it was Blade because you all mean you mean it to the was, end of the Eternals. Uh, yeah, because uh, it was. <laughs> That's um, just a joke. I did too. It's, it's, it's a good it's, joke. But all you heard was a voice <laughs> off screen, and then later they confirmed it was uh, Maharishi Ali who plays, who's been cast to be Blade. But they've basically, the director has left because of creative differences. And Ali was not happy with the script and what they were doing with the character. And so clearly they had an option to either part ways with the director over creative differences or part ways with the actor over creative differences. And they opted, I guess, to part ways with the director. And uh, the script is being rewritten from scratch. So, and this was supposed to start filming, I think it was originally supposed to start filming this year, uh, and maybe early next. So, that's being postponed. So, so who knows like how long. it's 2025, isn't it? I think they said. Yeah. Um, but this is, this is something that just kept getting pushed back and back. Yeah. And part of it was pandemic related. and uh, But yeah, at this point, uh, who knows when it's going to actually see the light of day. And I'm going to... Hold my breath, because it's going to be one of those movies with a troubled production history. It's a good thing that Blade is a daywalker. Mm. So. Uh, yeah, but they are yeah. trying. They're trying to do... The Midnight Suns are basically the... the not the evil Avengers, but the, the dark Avengers. And characters like Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, Blade, Ghost Rider. Um, so... They want to do that either as a movie or a TV series, and so they're trying to build up to that. But they're kind of having some trouble, so we'll see. They do want to bring more monsters in, so they are they are really are trying to do different things, which I think is part of the problem you're having with this latest wave of Marvel films is that they are trying different things and it's not all working. All right, or at the very least, it's not working in the way that people people would like. And I agree with some of the criticism. I disagree with some of the criticisms. You know, certainly She-Hulk was a departure. Moon Knight was a departure. Um, this was a departure. Man, this is this is a departure. Yeah, so they're trying, but you can't please everybody. Indeed, indeed. Uh, let's see. Anything else anybody wants to bring up? Um, I'm not sure if there was anything else on people's list. Well, the I only mean, other. Th- Sorry, go ahead. I, I, thank you. I, just quickly, I mean, it's to kind of echo what Mike was talking about. You know, the the people are the real monsters. 
Because, I mean, they, they made these guys to look out. I mean, yes, they're jerks. But at the same time, I mean, it's a lot of these, like the werewolf, yeah, the werewolf kills people. You know? And so I understand the premise of the, the movie is to try to make them, you know, try to make the werewolf, you know, a little bit more sympathetic and all that. But at the same time, I mean, this is a, a creature that kills people. So, I mean, you can kind of understand why they're hunted. That's all yeah, and there. yeah, and this is one of those, you know, it's it, you know, just like vampire creature, very, very vanish looking demon thing. It didn't look like it was helping little old ladies across the street. <laughs> um, well, I mean, even I'm, when the guy is turning into a werewolf, he's like trying to, he's, he's sniffing the woman, and she's kind of looking. He says, "I'm going to try to remember you as best I can." Does it ever work? He said, "Just once." So this that kind of tells you that yeah he kills. Maybe maybe he sniffed the man thing. Sounds <sighs> <laughs> <That> wrong. <laughs> uh, they they off named the rails him. off the rails. They named him. All right. Oh, You're right. Well, would it be did. better if I said maybe he sniffed Ted? Is that really going to be any better? Maybe. Because <laughs> man thing could mean a lot of different things. Ted is just a general. Oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah. Oh, anyway, but I did like the the they they what you the use of color that they did do. They did the bloodstone in color the entire time. Um, which is a a, a technique that a lot of films have kind of used at times to spotlight something. Schindler's List famously did it. I was kind of shocked to see it in um, The Tingler, the 1950-something uh, Vincent Price film, where they did a scene that was all in black and white, except blood. the blood was red. Well, the whole movie was black and white, but there was a scene where, where there's blood and the blood comes out as red. Um, but I think that was nice, having the bloodstone red against see a black and white. And then once everything is done and everything is over, and you know the night ends. You have uh, Judy Garland singing somewhere over the rainbow, and it all kind of washes back over into color. And and so I thought that was a nice little touch. Well, um, I mean, it, it's it's from the Wizard of Oz where it started in black and or it started in started in black and white and went into color as Judy Garland went into Oz. Uh, yes, yeah, that's a good point. So yep. that's probably why they chose that particular song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why I, I didn't even think of that. That because that's my God, that's that's so ridiculously obvious. And then but I yeah, saw that's a good the point. I saw the Disney one where uh, it's kind of like where they did the origins of the wizard. I forgot what it was called, but I mean, it started off as color. Or no. Oh, we reviewed that. Oz the Great and Powerful? Yeah. yeah and the kind of, didn't they reverse it? What do you I mean? Remember. I thought they reversed In other words, they went color when he went. Uh, I, I I probably screwed. They kind of did, didn't they do kind of the same thing? Like he was it was black and white when he was in the normal world. But then when he went into Oz, it was color. That was that is a literally that's literally a movie. I bear. I forgot it existed until you just brought it up. 
and I remember seeing it in theater. I remember in the theaters. I remember. Yeah, it, it was. Um, it, I remember it was discussing it. It, it wasn't in. Uh, it was more in the old-fashioned TV screen size, and then it widens and turns into color when they go into Oz. Yeah, that's kind of what they did in the in the movie. So yeah. Um, I mean, I kind of remember it because. I was I was actually running at a, at a Disney World race, and they were really pushing that movie when we were there. When I was there, right. and I'm sitting there thinking, never watching it, thinking to myself, "Gee, they they <laughs> they pushed this." Right. Yeah, well, they sunk a lot of money in it with Sam Raimi, and Sam Raimi was not that that's, far removed from the Spider-Man films. Um, that's right. It, it was Sam Raimi, wasn't it? And maybe they'll I mean, do the it wasn't same thing. terrible, but it just wasn't fantastic. Right. Maybe they'll do the same thing with when they make the man thing movie. Like they can start the narrow and then the man, and the man thing can grow and get bigger. There you go. Um, let's see. Uh, anything else anybody want to bring up? All right. Well, let's ask this. Yeah. What would you like to see them do? do with these characters next would you rather see them i know i know phil's answer you know which character would you want to see them follow would you want them to use the same characters again would you want them to do another uh, singleton next year or or do something completely different next year if they do it next year or do a regular series or a movie because you know they're not doing it just as a one shot no matter what they say right right yeah, yeah, that's the truth. I mean, I'd like to see more Elsa Bloodstone for sure, and more of Jack Russell. I mean, I really like the actress that plays Elsa Bloodstone, so I really want to see her in more stuff. I think we'd all like to see more of Elsa Bloodstone. <laughs> right. Well, as as, well, as we've always said, never said you'll in, see more of her. Yeah, you do. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, she's okay. Um, she, uh, I I kind of find her somewhat generic. Um, but, but she, she did really good here. Um, and, and, you know, as, as me and Mike have said in prior podcasts, a dark discussions podcast, there's so many really good actresses or actors in these horror films that we see and they just disappear. So this woman here at least has been able to get two roles, you know, and good for her. Um, but, um, I, God damn Siri. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I was, I, I mean, you know, I'd rather see man, man thing, uh, myself. You said man, it. Man thing. <laughs> the man thing. Oh my God. That's oh, you said man thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but oh, yeah, boy, yeah. yeah, I think we're about ready to wrap this up. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, that would be a cool to see, see, uh, a um, series with that monster uh, or superhero or character, whatever you want to call it. Um, what about you, Mike? What did you want to see? I, I kind of would like to see like Elsa Bloodstone Monster Hunter. Um, okay. I mean, admittedly, it would be just a variation on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Supernatural, so um, it's not like a thing I have to see. Um, but yeah, I, I I I really do want to just get more monsters in in the Marvel properties, however they do it, 
Um, and like Man Thing, especially, I'd love it if Man Thing ends up being like this sort of secret weapon in terms of the next phase of the Marvel Universe, where they're going into the multiversal war um, because he's the guardian of the gate. You know, I mean, not necessarily that it has to be like the lead character, but it would be neat to see him like kind of up on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. Anyone else uh, want to add their thoughts? I think any of those characters would be fun to see again in whatever shape or form they decided to do them. But like Mike says, I would very much like for them to bring in more monsters. Yeah, monsters are good. Monsters are good. There's going to be Dracula sometime. Yeah, well, I mean, there were rumors. There have been rumors about Dracula being a villain. I've heard rumors that uh, the guy who played Homelander was cast as Dracula. Oh, for, wow. <laughs> for, uh, for Blade, I think. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but again, there, there's all sorts of fan casting rumors out there, and you never know what to yeah. believe and what not to. So I would take that with, with multiple grains of sodium chloride. Um, He'd be good, though, I think. He's great as Homelander. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, that's a whole different, there's a whole dissertation i could go into with dracula i don't want to get into right now nope <laughs> um find, yeah and finding the right actor to do it um yeah i think i think we've i think we've cooked this one i think it's done yeah all right sounds good yeah well, i guess we cooked it so uh i guess can we get into our final thoughts um so uh mike why don't you start yeah i i I enjoyed it. This was fun. This is not going to be one of like, this is, I don't know, like I said, it was, it's not the greatest thing that Marvel has done. It's not the greatest Halloween special ever, but it was different and um, at least different for Marvel. It was a fun little thing. I really loved the look of it because it's not just that it was in black and white. It was how they used the shadows and, uh, and, and, and in the, in the, uh, the, the cinematography and how they used it to kind of, Use the gore while hiding the gore, um, and I, I'm kind of, I was really kind of disappointed that all we got was this one episode. Uh, not that disappointed because I'm not ready to do yet another series uh, at this time. So uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I recommend it. All right, sounds good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's popcorn. You know, it's 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 a good fun little fifty minute episode uh nothing spectacular uh except for the production values uh but story-wise you know not nothing amazing um but you do get to see a uh character from the past or a few characters from the past but specifically the, the man thing and there i said it again um and that was pretty awesome um so i enjoyed it um it's not scary really at all uh, but it is, like I said, a, a fun popcorn uh, with a lot of butter uh, thing to watch. Um, so I uh, recommend it. Uh, let's go with you, Barrett. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, it. It just gave me that good old feel of the old mov- movies I used to watch as a kid. And I really, really liked that. Um, I loved that they did it in black and white. It just had really good ambiance and good characters. It was fun. I definitely recommend it. All right, sounds good. Uh, let's go with you, Kevin. Yeah, uh, same thing. Um, it was a fun show. I 
I, I'm, I'm just trying to think, do I, I mean, yeah, I hope Disney does something like this again. I don't know what, but I can, I, I don't see why they, they can't keep, if they were smart, they can keep it fresh. It's just, they just have to make sure they know what they're doing and not go overboard. All right. And, uh, Sean. Uh, yep. Just like pretty much everyone else said, it was a very fun watch. It was nice to have the, the touch of the old universal monster movies and the, the, you know, the horror ones and stuff from up until the sixties. Uh, I thought music was fun. I liked in the thing that it was really cool was just the attention to detail, even just at the start with the, the title sequence, you know, like having the werewolf slashes and stuff. I thought like that was that was awesome. So hopefully they will do some more awesome down the road. All right, sounds good. Uh so that's pretty much our final thoughts on the show. Um but uh for folks who are still interested in hearing us that were listening to the She Hulk podcast, again we're uh right here on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh we're also wrapping up uh, a Decimation of Dragons, the House of the Dragons and Game of Thrones podcast. Um, weekly discussion on that television series. And then, of course, uh, we do have uh, the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, the Cinema a la Carte podcast, uh, as I mentioned, this one here, which is the, the main podcast for this episode, which is the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews podcast. So uh, the five of us you can hear on other podcasts on the network, uh, even though uh, the She-Hulk uh, Avenger of the Law podcast is going into a hiatus. Um, so that doesn't mean uh, we're gone. Um, and again, that's darkdiscussions.com is the website. And the feed for all those podcasts, you can just grab, you know, listen to them right off the website, or you can go wherever podcasts are found under any of those titles of the podcast names. Uh, but also the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the main podcast on the network. All these podcasts where you hear the five of us, uh, those that feed will have all those podcasts. So it's not just the Dark Discussions podcast. All the other podcasts that these co-hosts are on are also uh, dropped in that feed as well. All right. So that's pretty much it for this. So uh, with all that stated, uh, Barrett, why don't you use up? Thanks again for joining us um, on our talk about Werewolf at Night. Um, Stay tuned for whatever we do next on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews.